Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to day five of the 7 a.m. Novelist 50 Day Writing Challenge, first draft edition, in which we write together, learn together, and try to get something done. Uh, this is the first weekend day we're doing this. I'm very curious to see how many people show up early on a Saturday morning. Maybe we'll have a whole bunch more than usual. Maybe we'll just have the real diehards listening to us. Um, you can, of course, listen to the webinar afterwards and the podcast as well. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. This week, we're talking about process, overcoming obstacles, and staying in your chair to get the writing done. We have writers Grace Toulousen and Jessica Keener exploring the idea of burrowing in writing both fiction and nonfiction. And I think the three of us have different definitions to this idea, so I think that makes it much more fun, actually. So in introduction, Grace Toulousen is the amazing author of The Body Papers, which won the Restless Book Prize for uh, New Immigrant Writing and the Massachusetts Book Award in Nonfiction. And I was happily a part of that award, which I <laughs> would just say congratulations, Grace. Um, her writing has been supported by the NEA, the Fulbright, U.S. Artists, and the Brother Thomas Fund, and the Massachusetts Cultural Council. She teaches in the Nonfiction Writing Program at Boston University. Jessica Keener's latest novel, Strangers in Budapest, was an Indie Next pick and a Best New Book selection by Entertainment Weekly, Chicago Review, January Magazine, Real Simple, and a Southern Independent Bookstore Association bestseller. Amazing, Jessica, so well-deserved. Her debut novel, Night Swim, was a national bestseller, followed by Women in Bed, her collection of award-winning stories. She has taught writing at Brown University, Boston University, Grub Street, and the Story Summit, and is currently completing a new novel, yay, um, also, an anniversary edition of Night Swim is forthcoming in February of 2023, which I think is very cool. So I'm going to start with these guys to see what they think about burrowing in terms of process. And I'm going to start with Grace. Um, Grace, for you, what does burrowing mean um, in terms of writing process? And how do you think it helps you um, move forward with your uh, manuscripts? Thank you. Um, so I love this image of burrowing a lot. I didn't even think of it. I didn't name it. But once you had this um, this uh, uh, project, I, I thought about it and looked it up. And, um, and it does really describe how I feel in writing first drafts. Um, I've been working on fiction lately. And I noticed that there is a difference between how I have to put like a barrier or a boundary between me and um, everything else when I'm writing fiction in a way that I don't need to when I'm writing nonfiction. And so for me, burrowing means a ton of privacy. Um, even if I can't like manage a separate room or a space, like I'll have to, I find ways to burrow um, even with like lots of people and activity happening all around me. And so it physically happens, like say if I'm in a public area, I'll have like, um, headphones or earplugs. Um, I'll wear like a scarf or a sweater. There's like some physical way I need to feel buried or burrowed so that I have some kind of um, space. And for me, the space is about privacy. I need privacy when I'm writing. I can't think about um, what someone might say about my writing um, or, or how someone might get offended or react or get hurt or praise it. I just, I can't think of anything. I just have to stay as close as I can to the story and the scene 
that I'm trying to connect with. I love um, that though, because you still let yourself work in public places. You just find a way physically to make it happen. Because a lot of people will just say, well, I can't work in public places, but you do it anyway. Oh yes, because I'll find any excuse not to write. I can't. I can't find yeah. like another another ex- like for me if I'm on the road and I'm you know doing things. I I, I won't be able to get writing done. So I wonderful. find a way to burrow. Oh, that's wonderful. So I you know I hadn't I thought about that more in terms of language, just just in terms of physical space and the physicality of actually making this happen. I hadn't really thought about that. So I really like that. And you do have to. Um, do you guys remember he he was he he spoke at the muse and he talked about that you should try to do some writing every day because otherwise on a, on a if you don't do the writing the day before that it takes you that much longer to get into it the next day i can't who was it i can't remember who it was and i keep talking about him anyway he was able to write every day for 2 hours every day and that most people cannot do he's also published like 40 novels which most people cannot do um and, uh, but in at least to get into that mental space every day, I think, so that it, so that the burrowing process in terms of getting your mind into the place of writing isn't as difficult. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I think it helps you just make it a, a habit. Yeah. Um, Jessica, how about you? What is burrowing for you? Um, so again, we're talking about the first draft, which for me is always the most difficult. It's really the most vital. But um, this is the time when I do feel I have to be in my chair almost every day. I mean, I will set out a schedule, whether, you know, maybe it's five days out of seven, but borrowing for me and I am, I'm the discoverer. I was, as I was, you know, we were talking before, I'm, I think I'm more of what I would call an experiential writer. So it is a physical thing. Like Grace was talking for me too. I have to place myself you know, in my chair, in my writing spot, space. And, um, and the, and it's a sense of digging and it's a sense of, of feeling blind, but allowing myself that freedom to just not even know where, where that digging is going to lead me. Although for me, when I'm writing a novel, there's, there's usually an emotional sensibility that I'm, that I'm chasing. Um, and so, so it, another image that came to mind when I was thinking about this was there was that movie um was it where the guy uh escapes the prison and he's been carving out a hole in the wall with like a spoon for like a year yeah to get out and I feel a little bit like that for a first draft um even if it's one sentence a day I've gotten more forgiving of myself over the years, um, if it's just even one sentence a day for starters, um, as long as I'm doing it regularly, because just what you said mm-hmm. to keep my head there, but it is a sense of digging, getting under layers, going deeper to that place where I really lose a sense of time. And that's when I usually burn the coffee and, and the yeah. stove and all that kind of stuff. Cause I blocked- are, yeah, those are the days that feel the best. Right. Yeah. And I think it's that's also the addictive. That. It, yeah. It's an addictive quality. Yes. Um, and it calms me down. Um, mm. And if I'm not able to get that like every week and I get unhappy and grumpy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so let's also talk about, I think about burrowing in terms of style as well, or just mm. going through sentences. So um, 
I don't know, but this is a story that was published way back in the Best American Short Stories, 1994 by Nancy Crusoe. And the story was called Landscape and Dream. And in her contributor's note, which the Best American Stories is so good at giving, it usually gets some process from the writers um, in the contributor's note. Um, she talked about a burrowing exercise in that she did in a class. And she said, the idea is to take a word or sentence and burrow into it to supplement it, following whatever, wherever it takes you until it stops or you lose the desire to continue. Hmm. Then add another piece of language and repeat from one word to the next, each set of words calling for another set. And I discovered that words and stories like poems could touch in pleasurable ways that could bring up new material, a new situation and more words. This process became compelling and exciting each word charged by its own necessity and surplus, and the distance was reduced between me and the sound of the sentence. She's not trying to think ahead about how to fill the page, which I think the white, the blank page is the thing that makes us so very nervous um, about um, process. When we sit down, we think of all these blank pages that we have to fill. And we always, we, have, we tend to think about, I just need to get to the end. I just need to get to the end. She's not even thinking about the end. She's only yeah. thinking about what have I already done and how can I use what I've already done to take me forward? And that can grant you a lot of cohesion and a lot of consistency. Toni Morrison also does this. And Douglas Bauer has a book called The Stuff of Fiction Advice on Craft, which I highly recommend. Um, he's actually, a, I think he's out in Western Massachusetts. So he's a Massachusetts writer as well. Um, he says, Toni Morrison once described the way in which she was able to descend into the cave of inven invention, which is exactly what you guys are talking about, right? That idea of, of burrowing. How she worked her way down until she got deep enough to be able to tap its richest veins. And she said, I'm paraphrasing, that when she began to work, she paid extraordinary attention to the composition of her sentences, that by playing devoutedly with words, hour after hour, she could get in the process, get to the necessary depth of whatever world she was in the act of creating. She said that everything, the story she wished to tell and the people with which she wished to populate it, came to her via the initial hyper-involvement with words themselves and their arrangement. She used that fuel of that intention, uh, um, of that attention to reach the core of creative concentration where she could then think about her characters and their dilemmas with the full power of her imagination. So mm. this I think is wonderful because she gets at, I think lots of times we think about characters and their dilemmas first. And lots of times when we talk about process, we think about following the character, we think about following conflict, but Toni Morrison is following the sentence to get there. Um, and so some of you, that might work in a more interesting way for you than some of these other processes. And you always want to think about what is your process? What works best for you? And also, and also change it up. Like, let me try this today and see what works. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Jessica. Um, I, well, a couple of things that came out of those two writers, I think, is the sense of presence. Yeah, of really being in the moment. And I think I do have that experience when I'm borrowing. There, yeah. there, again, that no sense of time, but being very much in the present moment. Um, and when you're in the present, um, it opens up all your senses, I think. Um, you, you suddenly are, you know, it, it's a way of entering a 360 
world. And I just want to add quickly too that there are other ways sometimes, I mean, in her case, you're talking about words. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes music gets someone going. Mm -hmm. um, I go out and take walks a lot and I actually send myself emails because something about walking, I don't know what it is, the physical movement. Um, and I even, I take a lot of pictures of nature and for some that gets me to this place of being in the present um yeah. which again I I think is a little bit what they're talking about in order to um to open yourself up to all those different senses of smell and taste and yeah and a scene a full-bodied scene yeah I've gone out into the woods and sat on a rock and and had a piece of paper <laughs> had a paper ah. to write especially when I've been stuck I'm like I mm. need to do something different I need to get back to the core of it Mm. Um, and that was a particular scene I was working on when my character was going to be outdoors. Um, mm. so, so I just needed to put myself in that place mm. where she was. Um, and it was helpful and it was really renewing because, um, I just been sitting at my desk working at my computer. Mm. Um, so, um, following that and following my imagination took me, but then also just using what you already have mm -hmm. on the page to allow yourself to move forward. Mm -hmm. And Grace, mm -hmm. I, Grace, I always think of your books and nonfiction for me is, has a very close tie to poetry. And so this is almost kind of a, a, a poetry exercise in a way. Hmm. Does this I, hit anything for you, Grace? Oh, definitely. I love both of these um, uh, quotes and I don't know this short story. Like I'm going to immediately look it up. I mean, it's, it's what I love about it is, um, is this close attention to the barn and then going from there, but then also the sense of discovery. Like I did not know that it was gonna go in that direction where it went. And so it requires trust, it's like mm. trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting the word or the image that got you going that morning and following it and, and seeing where it goes. And then the, that, that discovery that happens. I mean, I love that. I mean, I, that's what I love about reading. It's what I love about writing is that I might discover something that I didn't know before. Um, and, but, but I think it does, but I think it requires that feeling of, of burrowing and um, to find it and, and trust to keep going and going and seeing that something may be there. Um, and I love that you talk about like actually walking in the woods, because I think as an imaginative exercise, that's what it feels like is like, maybe we don't really know what we're going to encounter. We generally know where we're going to go and we have sense, a sense of safety in the weather and, and all of that, but there's, it's the woods, <laughs> like there's, un, it's alive, there's unexpected things that may happen um, yeah. today. So I, I love this. And it reminds me, so I uh, worked with Noy Holland at UMass Amherst and Noy had studied under Gordon Wish. And so Gordon Wish was a famous editor who was also highly problematic <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, but he, when he ran his writing workshops, he would have his students start to read out loud. And when he felt that they had skipped forward into something, that didn't relate to what they already had. He just told them to stop reading. He said, stop. And so maybe a, a student would get out you know, a few words or maybe a few sentences. And if he felt that there wasn't a deepening there, a cohesion happening already, and that the person was skipping forward, probably in service to, again, plotting or nervousness about filling up the page or something like that, he would just tell them to stop. Um, so for him, the, this was the same process. And if you don't know Gordon Lish, he was also the one that um, 
edited Raymond yeah, Carver. Raymond Carver. Um, yeah. Also to controversial effects. Right. Um, Carver did not necessarily like some of the edits that that mm -hmm. um, Gordon Lish did, but it's that same sort of idea of. Um, some people in the chat are talking about um, uh, how do I do this kind of burrowing during revision. And to me, again, that sort of being in that sense of place and being paying attention to what your book has given you instead of necessarily what your idea was initially. Um, right now I'm going through a revision of the book that I'm trying, I'm having to, to change significantly because one of my main characters I realized is just not working and I have to remove her. Um, and so I have to pay attention to what else is happening on the page. I know that Virginia Woolf also talked about this idea of gathering in. So what she would do is look at what her first draft had produced for her mm -hmm. and she would pick up everything that her subconscious had given to her. Mm -hmm and continue again to burrow into those, to continue to use those, to gather those in, in order to move forward on the next revision and the next revision. And that's about, again, just allowing your subconscious to give you material um, and then following that material once it, once it happens. I, I think that's so important what you're saying about the, the um, subconscious. I, I, for me, again, that's what borrowing is about is getting to that place where I'm I'm not interfering with myself and allowing whatever comes through. And when I'm in that moment, there's no judgment, there's no un understanding even maybe, but um, whatever I am getting down on the page and I'll look at it later. Um, and some of it may take me to the place I need to go and some of it may not, but um, I, I, I have, I think that there needs to be or an understanding um, an openness to to a kind of a messiness, which I think I also associate with borrowing. Yeah. You know, if you're digging out all that dirt, to, you know, to get underneath, it's, yeah. it's not a clean process, I don't think. But. Right. And we talked about like with Robert Olin Butler's um, idea yesterday of pre-dreaming, he, that sort of messiness, like oh. don't try, don't have it make sense yet. Don't, don't try to, to his, his point was try to not to clean up that messiness and don't let it make mm -hmm. sense of so just, just keep following your subconscious or keep following that, that mm. pre-dreaming space that he talks about. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, time later to revise and to work on things and make them cohere and all that, you know, if people need to in the, in the later revision process, but when you're conjuring or making, um, you know, it's a, it's incredible to be able to just have the freedom to burrow and say, and write whatever you want, even if it doesn't follow exactly what you thought you were going to say. And then, you know, there's like different modes and you can, you know, work on some of that other stuff later but as a reader what I appreciate is also burrowing with the writer like yes. there, there's definitely books where it's like okay I, I kind of feel like I'm watching tv and, and you know in, in a way and then there's other books like Toni Morrison boom like within a few lines like I am somewhere else hmm. yes so. yes and I was actually surprised to I don't know because her books are, are highly plotted. I was really surprised that that was, I shouldn't have been, that that was her process. And it, it renewed my faith in, in language and, and what you could do. So Grace, and you are working though, you've worked more in memoir and nonfiction. And so you're feeding off of memory. I mean, I think fiction writers also do. We have to feed off some things that are true in our lives in certain mm -hmm. ways. Um, how is that? 
So that's what you're drawing from. Do you feel that that's different for you? Is, is it is it particularly difficult? Because you also have to go to very difficult places. You have to burrow into very difficult places that your mm -hmm. mind might want to jump away from anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I'm like, I think thinking about both because I've been lately only writing fiction. None of it's published, but um, but, you know, in remembering what it was like to write the body papers, um, you know, those memories that I'm I'm like burrowing back into some of them are wonderful and, and then some of them are like the things that I've avoided uh, even talking about in therapy and so which is a place another sort of place to burrow and tell mm -hmm. stories and and do something but um, yeah I had to prepare myself in, in a way like prepare to go in and prepare to go out of the hardest parts um, and also I save it till later it's like I have a sense of the things I'm going to write about um, even if I don't know how I'm going to write about them in memoir and I will save those things to times in my life that I'm able to burrow. I'm not teaching. I'm on a school break. I have um, physical room and, and space in my life to burrow. Um, but as I was thinking about this topic, I was noticing and um, thinking about my process in writing both um, fiction and nonfiction. Um, I need more burrowing for, for fiction, actually. Like interesting. It's mm. just it's a different I did I I do actually write every day. It's a, it's something I a process I started with a friend. We zoom every morning. He it's his anniversary weekend, so he's actually away this weekend. But we did every, we've we've had like 230 day streaks. Like we have wow. it's completely changed my writing process. Um, but so I've been mostly writing fiction and when I, when I'm moving or too many things are going on in my life, I actually can't write fiction. I can't burrow deep enough. And so I write nonfiction when I'm doing that, when I'm in those places. Right. And, you know, even for fiction writing and Jessica, you might be able to talk about this. Um, I find when I'm getting to places that I'm even, I'm hitting some painful spots. Yeah. Um, with my characters or something's really resonating with me um, in, in terms of my own life, in terms of my own issues, in terms of my own problems. Um, and I'm like, that's probably the real stuff. That right. is the real stuff. And I see that happen with students um, too. And they start, they tell me like, oh, I just had a difficult week. You know, I, you know, they, they, they've hit on something mm -hmm. that is awakening something in them that they haven't thought about, something that they don't necessarily thought about. And I'm like, well, even in fiction, that's Absolutely. the real stuff. And yeah. that's where fear, you know, um, I want to talk about fear a little bit because I think everybody does have fear and, you know, it's, it's different for all of us. Um, but I think if you're aware, the more you are aware of the feeling of, oh, I'm afraid of this, this scares me, keep going and understand that this could be the place where, that, you know, you're going to find your greatest treasure, even where we often think of fear as the place to lead, you know, to escape from, but actually it verse, you know, to do the opposite. Um, and I just want to, I have this thing on my, on my file cabinet from, it's a John Irving quote, which I hope is fairly accurate. It could be that it's been passed around so often <laughs> that it's been bastardized, but it says, um, if you don't feel that you are possibly on the edge of humiliating yourself, of losing control of the whole thing, then probably what you are doing isn't very vital. So that helps me when I'm feeling terrified. That is amazing. That is amazing. I, I'm going to look that up. I love that. I love that. Can you um, put that in the chat as well, Jessica? Yes, or type that? Yeah, because mm -hmm. that, um, grabbing all of that humiliation. 
And again, that's kind of what we're doing in our robes and our pajamas and bad hair this morning. But you guys look pretty good, I'm going to say. Um, but just grabbing hold of, of the messiness and the darkness and the fear and, and all of that, because that I think is where the real writing comes from. And, and I've always felt that I can teach anybody to write well and to write better and that anyone can do it, anyone at all, except for people that are not emotionally willing to go beyond the surface. And when I work with people like that, and they might be able to do it later and get to it later, but when I work with people like that and, and find that they are just simply not willing to go beyond the emotional surface, then I'm like, unless they learn how to do that, they're not gonna be able to get there, yeah. Um, and it's tough. And maybe that's just not, you know, uh, this is not the job for them. I don't and know. Maybe that maybe, you know, you have to have a desire to want to go there too. Yeah, right. Exactly. And they probably just don't. Some people, they just want to write and they don't realize everything that's involved. Yeah. Mm. Um, Grace. So you do. So Grace has talked about in her chat, the more specifics of what she does with her friend Two twenty-five timed minute two 25 minute timed writing sessions on Zoom with video on. And then at the end, we share a Google doc and read aloud what we've written that day. So the Google doc is what wow. you've written. Yes, yeah, it's a shared wow. Google doc. It's, we've kept it ongoing. I haven't looked at, you know, how many pages it is or, or anything, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> like, cause if you write every day, I mean, it's a lot of first draft mm. stuff. Um, Talk How's about, that going? It's amazing. It's totally changed my life. I mean, I, and then, I, but like, so at 830, when we're done, and he has to drive his kids to school. Like my life goes on. Like, I don't think about writing. I don't, I'm not plagued by, oh my gosh, when am I going to write? I just move on with my life. It's like changed my mental health wow. uh, as well. That's fantastic. And now talk about humility, right? You're putting, you're putting stuff on a Google Doc and sharing it with someone, something that you've just written. Um, that's incredible. That's that a lot is. of trust. Yeah. Um, let's see. Allison in the chat saying, I use a tool called Focusmate to body double and it's very helpful. I don't know what Focusmate is. Allison, you might want to tell us about that later. Um, and then we can talk about it. And then Christine in the Q&A says, when you have these people that don't have emotion, is it possible that they can at least write fiction? And I, again, I think you need it for fiction. Um, now, of course, um, I do think people can develop it, can learn it, and it might just be harder for some people. I, I don't think there's anyone out there that can't, that can't write and learn to write and, and, and tell, tell very necessary stories. Um, so, so I'd always be willing to work with everyone, but I think certain people have obstacles and that seems a big one for me. Um, and it's probably as a teacher is a harder one for me to navigate, but I, I will still try. Um, I wanted to say one other thing about borrowing. Um, for me, I cannot show early work. It's, I have to protect that. I'm too, I feel too vulnerable and you know, one word from someone could just set me off. And I just know that I have that particular vulnerability. That's just me, not for anybody else. But I just want to put that out there that, you know, there are, you know, some of us out there that I would, and I love that it's working for you, Grace. Um, I, I think that I, I probably wouldn't succeed in that particular way, but I love that they're, that you're doing this thing and you, and you feel safe enough with that person. Because I do oh, yes. think safety is a, is a big issue. Yes. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. And it's not something I would even show to my writing group like that level, but oh, wow. okay. yeah, but because he and I are working together in this way, then, then it's fine. But I would, I would have to, yeah, I'd have to revise it and all the, do all this other stuff, but we, you're right. Like we've built up a trust together. And so I, yeah. I know him, but what you said is very important. I think when you're going to, when you're going to show work to people, it's true. Like something that somebody can say can be very harmful and it's good to protect ourselves and to do whatever we need to do to keep writing going, you know, um, and keep that part of us alive. And so that image of burrowing, I think is great. There's protection. Mm. Yeah. Great. Um, and, and Allison in the chat, and I will repeat this on our Substack too. She says that the Focus Mate is a software where you can schedule 25 to 50 minute sessions and be on video with someone. At the beginning, you say what you're working on and then you get to work. You stay in your seat. At the end of the time period, you tell the person how much you accomplished. It's, for, um, it's free for three sessions a week. More than that, um, $5 a month. And it's obviously worth it in my opinion. I think that sounds mm. amazing. I had not heard about that. And I... We'll try to share that. Um, I will share that on the Substack so that people can hear that. All right, we need to burrow. We need to get into our weekend riding chairs and get it done. So I hope everyone out there who is listening um, are feeling like they're in a good place. I mean, this is day five. So again, if you're working every day or thinking about your books every day, I think that's one way of getting you into that space um, that can be really helpful. If you've missed a day, that's fine too. But um, but it's just kind of great to have everyone together here and working together every day in some way. Um, so everyone have a fantastic writing day. Jessica and Grace, you are fabulous. Thank you so much. Michelle, and you're fabulous. Yes, this is incredible. Thank, Thank here you. Here we go. Here we go. Good luck, everybody. Have you found what you lost? Have you lost what you found? Do you really understand how you sift for a love in the sand? Like a leaf inside the wind you to go but you never wonder why there isn't nothing here at all